0: Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group. And now, Kevin Ray. And welcome in to the Housing Hour.
1: Hope everyone's having a great weekend. This is Mark Griffith. I'm filling in for Kevin Ray, who cannot be with us today, but my co host, as usual, when Kevin is out, Richard Swan, Mortgage Investors Group, my colleague, friend, welcome. Thank you, sir. It's so nice to be with you. Uh, it's great to have you with us. And we've got a great show lined up for you. This is something I'm very excited about. And we have them online. They're out of Nashville. But first, let me tell you how you can plug in with the Housing Hour. Go to thehousinghour.com. That's where our treasure trove of information is located. Everything that you want to know about the Housing Hour. Especially this show, you can find there and share with other friends and family and all that good stuff. Um, also, social media—we're all over the place. Um, the Facebook slash the Housing Hour, Twitter at the Housing Hour, so and all the other social media platforms, we're there. You can find us, share it, comment, anything you want to do. But we have a great show. I'm gonna—I'm really excited about this one from Nashville. This young lady is in the movie industry. And she is a local Knoxville girl and Oak Ridge, really. And But more importantly than that, she is the daughter of a co-worker of mine, Norma Sheldon, out in Oak Ridge. She's a loan officer of Mortgage Investors Group. I'm the branch manager there and have been since 1994. Norma joined our office in 1995. And our guest was a little girl at that point in time. In, on the phone with us from Nashville... Tyler Sheldon, how are you doing Tyler?
2: I'm doing great. It's great to be talking to you guys today.
1: It's great to have you with us and this is so exciting because you you've done something here with your career and your life that a lot of people dream of. And I I know because I there's people around me that I hear they they're trying to get into the movie business. I know East Tennessee has had a lot of movie business experience. But you've actually been able to tap into this uh, movie in Nashville. How exciting is that for you?
2: Um, it's really a dream come true for me. I was a huge movie girl growing up, and I could always be found, you know, at the movie theater watching everything. And when it came time to figure out a career, I knew that that was something I was really interested in trying to get into. So I've been just stoked to have as
1: many opportunities as I have at this point. But Tyler, you know, coming from Tennessee, I mean, you you think of movie careers and, you know, being a part of the movie industry is something that's done in California. What may, what gave you the thought that you could have a piece of this pie in Tennessee as being an East Tennessee girl? Um, it
2: was a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work, mostly. I uh, went to college at MTSU and got a film degree from there and started working, doing, you know, music videos and commercials out of Nashville. And one thing kind of led to another. And we've been lucky to have opportunities that have come to Nashville because everything's not made in L.A. and New York anymore. So as that's progressing, you know, more opportunities are happening in many states. So it's it's more accessible, I think, than some people realize. But I'm very stoked that it that it I got lucky enough to get involved as early and as young as I did because I think that's helped me to progress as far as I have.
1: And I, I want to quickly mention um, the the movie the premiere that's coming out this Saturday, October nineteenth at eight. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. That's 7 Central Time in Nashville. Um, the show that you've worked on, this premiere that's going to be a big hit, Patsy and Loretta, this is about their life story of their friendship. Um, and, and you've got the the main set designer uh, credit for this movie. I, I mean, th- that's got to just blow your mind. It does.
2: It's, it was uh, an amazing opportunity to get to work with very award-winning. The uh, director was Callie Corey, who wrote and directed Thelma and Louise. Eric. Sister has a, a big role in telling stories about women. She was also the writer and creator of the TV series Nashville. Right. So she has a lot of roots in in the market in Nashville and she wanted to bring this story and tell it where it happened. So that was a, a, that was part of the magic that happened when we made this movie. You you really got the sense that it was time for the story of these girls friendship to be told. It's a relevant story to today's women and it's all about the the support that women can provide each other. And there's so much in storytelling where women push each other down or compete with each other and this doesn't have that feel it's very supportive very loving and it's kind of two women teaching each other and them against the world
1: and 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 that's gonna be really fun and that's the incredible thing now have you watched the ken burns documentary of the country music documentary i have
2: not been able to i have had several friends that worked on it they shot it in nashville as well and it is retelling the history of country music, and I've
1: heard it's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, I'm telling you, it is simply <laughs> amazing. But what's, you know, the, they went through the, the Patsy and Loretta friendship, and what it really sounded like, and, and really I hadn't even thought that much about it, although I knew that they were great friends. Um, what they really kind of touched on is the fact that these were two dynamic women that were in maybe a male dominated world at the time and and mm-hmm. did 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 that come across in the movie? Did you recognize that or did they kind of play that at all?
2: Um, no, they kind of really focused they I think the writer felt like that the story of their careers had already been told in their other movies. So they really just honed in on these this women's friendship and Really, the main role of men in it was about almost their conflicts with their husbands,
0: right, which is right. very
2: public and well known. Um, and their careers are almost—it's—it's um, it's a backline, it's a—it's a, it's a backstory in the movie. But you still get a little bit of the glitz, the glamour, some some good performances, and uh, really, these actresses just nailed blow it, it out of the park. I just, you yes, know, and, and so amazing.
1: Can't wait to see it, and um, uh, have you seen the mo- movie from start to finish? Did you have a premiere in Nashville here recently?
2: Uh, we did. We recently had a premiere last Wednesday, so we got to go see it in a the theater, which I think is really rare for a Lifetime movie to be seen in a theater. Um, I know they premiered it in New York and L.A. and in Nashville, and uh, getting to see it on the big screen was something that I'm so grateful I got to see because it. It's, it's so different than watching something at home, and I really wish for the audience that they would have gotten that opportunity. But so,
1: it's, um, yeah. Did you get, when they do a premiere like that, do they re- roll out red carpets like the old days at the Fox Theater in Atlanta with, you know, going with the wind? Do they still do that type of thing?
2: They do it on a much smaller scale. There was, um, there was a little red carpet that you could do uh, photo ops, and they had uh, what's called a step and repeat behind it, which has, like, the movie graphic and uh, Lifetime. So they did have a premiere, and both the actresses flew in from New York. So uh, Megan Hilty and Jesse M- M- Mueller excuse me, uh, both flew in for the premiere and got to uh, – they actually had an interview session on stage with some of the show creatives after the show.
1: When you do something like this, Tyler, tell me, um, are you are you a, in, in this premiere? I'm talking about when the premiere. Do they recognize all the, all the uh, behind-the-scenes people like you, the set designers, costume, all of those types of individuals, too? Or is it just strictly the actors and actresses?
2: Um, it's mostly about the actors and actresses, but they definitely took time out. Gotcha. So oh, a success. You know, they thanked the director, the director of photography, the production designer, myself. They, the costume designer, they went out of their way to make everybody feel like they had been included and thanked.
1: And I guess it's it's probably when you do a movie like this and you have a set and you have this, what I've always always heard that it's like a small village that's you know out there doing the shoot during that period of time. I I, I have no idea. I, I've seen one live shot before in Tennessee when I was a kid. They, they filmed young Daniel Boone uh, up in Norris. Uh, this was back in the 70s. So I got to go up there and meet a lot of actors and actresses up there, and that was pretty cool. But I just can't imagine. It just seemed like there was a ton of people out there working on this thing.
2: Yes. I mean, we usually operate with a crew around 100 most days and when we go on location we are like a small circus we show up with (laughs) semi-trucks and costumes and hair and makeup and everybody comes in and they set up we call it base camp of course and they set up their base camp and we're able to travel and have everything we need you know while we're shooting
1: wow and uh (laughs) now do are you Independent? Are you like a um, freelance set designer? Or do you work for a specific company? How does that work?
2: Yes, I'm I'm freelance, okay. and I pretty much just get to take opportunities as they arise. I've been uh, set decorating for the past year. Okay. So I worked on Nashville. I was well called a lead band, which means I was in the set decoration department, but I was coordinating our department, where now I get to... Make okay. all the decisions, and you know, decide what
1: chair goes where, and Tyler, when we what
2: get curtains, we're gonna hang. <laughs>
1: yeah, and when we get back on the other side, we're gonna dig into that a little bit more. We got Tyler Sheldon online. We'll be back after these messages.
0: I've got your picture. She's got you. Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: And you're back into The Housing Hour. This is Mark Griffith with Richard Swan in studio, and on the line is Tyler Sheldon. She is the set director for the new movie coming out, premiere movie coming out from Lifetime on Saturday, the 19th, at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Patsy and Loretta. That's going to be absolutely a dynamite movie. It's really probably going to take a lot of awards. But, uh, Tyler, um, we have a question. We, Richard and I were, were talking about some of the things that you might have to do. You're talking about being in the set. Richard, ask the question and phrase it the way you were asking me.
3: Well, most of us, when we read a book, we're we're watching the plot. We're We're watching the characters evolve as a set director as you're reading a book are are you reading oh they just went and got something out of a drawer or are you are you thinking about the set the whole time you're reading a book
2: um I think that I have always thought about what a set would look like as I read a book (laughs) um I've I've always been able to create those environments in my head. And so getting to do it professionally, it definitely ties into a lot of how I grew up. Tyler, um, you can't help it. Yeah. It happens.
1: (laughs) And, and when I was talking to your mom, Norma uh, about this, Norma Sheldon at MIG in Oak Ridge, she was telling me that you used to do a lot of designing in some of the, um, uh, dance, um, things that you used to do because you were big into dance in Oak Ridge. For a long time uh, did you work on some of the sets and things like that to help with the uh, show
0: when you were a kid uh,
2: definitely we were we were always painting flats and helping to come up with where we were going to hang the curtains and and where everybody was going to stand and it's just if, if anybody grows up involved in theater or dance you you have to be involved in those things and even if you're you know as a kid working on a school play you end up helping with the sets so and they all have different Different levels based on what type of performance you're
3: putting on. And what what does your process look like when you're going through this? Um, do you start with outlines? Do you start with sketches? Do you start with um, well? Here's a note that I had of of this scene. What what kind of is your process like when you're working on it? Do you go scene by scene? Do you start with the whole book? <laughs>
2: it's it's. You, it evolves, and it all depends on the size and scale of each production I work on. But you know, it all starts with the script and what you read, and what's indicated from the writer in that script. You know, are you doing something that's down and dirty? Are you doing something that's glamorous, like a stage or a dressing room? And you you work through the script, and you come up with your ideas. And then um, we usually have what's called a production designer. He's the head of the look. Of a show. And uh, the production designer always has input for how he or she visualizes the space to be. And then our job is to take those notes and create it. Um, On this show, our production designer's name is Kendall Bennett. He wanted us to incorporate a lot of glass elements. And he also wanted us, we created color palettes for each of the women. So Patsy's main color was red. So between the the set designs that we put in and the costume department, we tried to incorporate the red color with Patsy. Even as far as to evolve it, you know, from like a light pink to a deeper shade of red as her career evolved. And then with Loretta, we chose a lot of uh, yellows and blues that we used. So even when we were picking out the curtains and the, the furniture, we tried to incorporate those elements so that it had a cohesive theme and something that you could recognize as part of the women. So it's it's kind of evolved with each project, and then you get the bigger mysteries that you come into as you work. When we shoot on location, you're stuck sometimes with what that location has. So you have to work around those elements. You know, if there's a, a large piece of furniture that, that's built into the house, well, you've got to incorporate that into what your plan is. Or if you walk into a bar that's got something that you don't want to see like how are you going to hide elements of a place and that's where you kind of have to be able to think on your feet and decide what you're going to do and obviously like everything work within a budget so we didn't have all the funds in the world on Patsy and Loretta to create everything that we wanted to do but we had to make it as period perfect as we could and uh that was something the production designer and I worked heavily on, is trying to make sure that everything was the accurate time period and to manage our expectations based on that. But I I will say after seeing the movie – I was very delighted to see that there were some nice, beautiful wide shots where you did get to see the sets that we worked really hard on because those don't (laughs) always make the cut.
3: (laughs) Absolutely. Well, and you you were talking about um, time periods pieces and things of that nature. Did you have someone that was very familiar with those time periods that could say, well, no, that particular thing you're showing really didn't come about until about five years after you know this scene that we're showing how did you have a a um person that kind of identified those areas that might create a historical little glitch in your film
2: um i really wish we had had that person but most of it was our own research and uh two of the people that work with me they're um my buyers and co-decorators they are both in their mid-50s and so it they really enjoyed shopping for so much of this because they could relate to it and they could remember some of it from their own lives. And so we had a little bit of personal history that came into all of it that helped.
1: And when you, uh, when you look at Hollywood production back in the old days, they would have huge warehouses where they would have all these props and things that they would store and reuse subsequently That's not the way it is today. I'm sure that you don't have warehouses. I I, I don't know. Maybe you can tell us. Do you have warehouses where you store this stuff, or is this you buy it, and then you sell it?
2: Uh, Pretty much here in Nashville, our standard protocol is we buy it, and then we sell it. So we hunt out what we want and purchase it, or sometimes we're able to negotiate a rental to use some items. And then once the show is over, we usually have to liquidate whatever we have. So I've become very accustomed to selling furniture over mm-hmm. the years.
1: <laughs> and I know that um, occasionally um, you've had to reach out to maybe friends and family members to find that particular piece or pieces and go into their house and grab them. You've ever done that?
2: Yes. <laughs> yes, I've raided my parents' garage many a time. <laughs> I've raided my own house many times.
3: Okay, um, Mark. My husband
2: was very delighted that we got to use some of his mother's artwork on our show oh. this time. So that was really fun.
3: Mark has a tendency to turn things into a confess all type of confess- show, so we're not trying. <laughs> well, we're not trying to take you down that road. Of- no, but but to, you know, right. but Tyler, <laughs> Tyler has
1: you know, you're out there and you've got to perform and you've got to put together this thing, and so you know you got to find pieces where you can Bank and borrow and steal. Well, and and, and I've also exactly. and I've also heard that you know you go out and you look for locations and you have to rent them. I mean, when you go out and look for locations, certainly in this one. It's got to be a period piece, so you got to you got to know what you're g- grabbing. You don't want a contemporary type of uh, building when you shoot it or on the outside. Um, do you, are you in? Uh, are you a part of the site selection, or are you just strictly set once the site has been selected?
2: Um, on on Patio and Loretta, I actually got to be a part of some of the location selections. There's a locations department on every show that goes out and scouts and figures out where we're going to shoot. But because we were a low-budget movie, uh, and we were trying to make sure everything worked, I got to go on a lot of the, we call them preliminary scouts, and would look at several locations that we knew we needed to shoot one thing in. And I was able to get to have, like, well, this would be better than this, or this architecture meets what we're going to do a little bit better. So this was really the first show that I got to be a large part of helping, you know, decide. But there's so many factors that go into deciding on a location. Sometimes it's not always about the look. Sometimes you get stuck into some logistical problems. Like you have to have that base camp, that carnival of crew come and part near. So you can't pick a location that you don't have access to if you don't have the resources to shuttle your crew back and forth. So there's, it's more than just about a look. Sometimes it's, it's logistics as well.
1: You you ever have a time where the director says, no, I don't like the, how this is set up. We need to change this. We need Um, to change the location.
2: Uh, I've never actually had an experience where a director walked in and just hated what we had done. I mean, usually there's enough planning and prep work that they've, you know, they've already seen the location. They've walked through it with all of the department heads and made their requests on what they wanted. Um, even for, for myself, we had to put together design boards that showed what we thought our furniture selection was going to be for each set. So there weren't a lot of mysteries, and it's... It kind of helps everybody to know that they're on the same page. Um, I I have heard horror stories of <laughs> directors bet. walking in, and it's it causes major problems because when you're on a on a time and a budget schedule, you want to maintain that.
1: Okay, Tyler, hold on one second. We got another segment coming up. Tyler Sheldon, set director. We'll be back after these messages. Let
2: him go. You say- Take my man. Women like you, a, dime a You can
0: buy... The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: And we're back into The Housing Hour, and we're talking about movies. We've got Tyler Sheldon. She's a Knoxville person who I've known since she was a little girl. Her mother's Norma Sheldon, who's a co worker of mine out in Oak Ridge. And uh, we're just having a great time talking. She's telling us all the ins and outs of how she does set designings for a major motion picture that's coming up, Patsy and Loretta, on October 19th, Saturday, 8 p.m., 7, 7 p.m. Central Time. Tyler, tell me, uh, do you have a name for your set designing company? What do you, how they refer to you as?
2: Um, I, I personally do have a rental company where I rent furniture that I own. And, uh, we call that music city production rentals. But other than that, I'm just hired as, as needed per show. And
1: they just a say ton of
2: different roles.
1: They so. just say call Tyler. <laughs> Tyler can do it.
2: Yep. Yep. <laughs> basically. And I've got, um, uh, you know, a little network of people here who know me that have worked, we've all worked together for a long time. And so there's, there's definitely different, um, uh, decorators and art directors in town so there's there's other people that are very qualified and very experienced so it all comes down to you know getting the right call for the right job and being available like most things in life
1: exactly and um let's let's go back in time a little bit because i remember oh several years ago um when my daughter was a big hannah montana fan and she loved my (laughs) my, and And then I learned that you worked on that movie with Hannah Montana, on on that movie. I can't remember the name of it. Maybe it was just called the movie.
2: I think it it was Hannah Montana, the movie. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yes, that was the first uh, major motion picture I ever got to work on. Um, And we shot it here in Nashville, and I was what's called the construction buyer, which is a very fancy title for I tracked budgets and paperwork for the construction department and oh. placed lumber orders, which I had never done before. So <laughs> I got to learn quite a bit so about you... POs and how accounting works, because I had no idea.
1: That's that's funny, because your father is in construction business, and your mother is a construction lender forever, and here you are doing uh, counting pieces of wood.
2: <laughs> yes, exactly. I learned a lot about how to order in board feet. <laughs> so, I'll never forget that
3: lesson <laughs> so let let's see I'm seeing you're an avid reader oh, yeah. you're you kind of are a history buff. you do a lot of set design, so you're handy with your hands carpenter uh painting that kind of thing. How many hats do you have
2: yeah. uh it, it, I have to wear a lot you know i I got to come up with my parents. So I was around construction my whole life and learned quite a lot from my dad doing that. And then working in dance, I got to help build and design and create. And in college, I was also a theater minor. So you had to get in the wood shop and help create sets and design things that you wanted to see for the performance. So, and then when you start working, when I started working in music videos and commercials, I mean, there was one point when I'd look on CMT and I'd be like, worked on that music video, worked on that music video. I, it just, you, you have to be able to think on your feet and move quickly, and you have to be able to hang pictures and wire lamps and paint and build. It's, it's very all-encompassing of everything visual.
3: But then also as a theater major, were you on the other side of the role as a performer?
2: No, not in the theater department. Okay. I, I actively run from the camera. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, let me, let me ask you this, because going back to that um, actor role, uh, I think it's very cool. I, I don't know if you know this, but I love Internet Movie Database, and it's where I go to find actors and those types of things. I look for production companies. I, I just love to dig into that type of thing. You're on there. You've got your own profile page. Did, were you aware of that?
2: I do. Yeah. Ah uh, yes, I'm aware.
1: <laughs> okay, so. so with that being said, there is one actor credit that you have. Uh and it's on Good Digs. Do you remember a little bit short <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yes, I do. It was a college project that my friend did.
1: So that got um, that's that got entered into your profile. So see so you do. You do. You've been on both sides of the uh camera. Yes, I have. It
2: was it,
1: but does college really count? <laughs> <laughs> sure. If it's on Internet Movie <laughs> Database, it counts, I'm telling if, you. If
3: you ask college students count. today, then they would say, yes, college counts. <laughs> well, let, me, let me ask.
0: Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. Very true.
1: <laughs> um, what about some of the other experiences you had? Because I know that there was a movie in Knoxville, and I can't remember the name of it. Uh, maybe That Evening Sun? Um, That's uh, correct. Oh, yes. is that it? So that was a Knoxville movie, and you were a part of that here locally, right?
2: I was, yes. Um, So tell us about that one. I worked in the production office on that one. Um, I wasn't a part of the sets on that one, which was great. I worked in the production office, which was a completely different experience, but very much like working in a regular office. You're making sure that everyone has all the information they need to do their job. Uh, We send out what are called call sheets every single day that tell everyone where to be, what they're going to shoot, what scenes... What time the actors need to be there? What time the hair and makeup people need to be there? Or if they have extras for that day? So a large part of working in the office is making sure that that information is relayed to the rest of the crew so the rest of the crew can shoot shoot the feature that you're working
3: so on. Add in so ar- was, <laughs> add in another hat for logistics. Yes, definitely.
2: Yes, <laughs> I have a lot of logistical background. That was uh, a lot of what I have worked on coming up through uh, my career has been a lot of logistics.
1: Let me, let me uh, relay an experience that I had. Um, Like I said, back in 1970s, they were, they were doing some movie work here locally. And for some reason, my father had friends that were coming into town that were doing this. Uh, But it was called young Daniel Boone. And so we would go out there and we see this shoot and we, becomes friends with all the set and people. I mean, they were just, you know, background people and up to the actors. And all of a sudden, we'd find them all over at our house, and they would be spending the night because they didn't <laughs> really have any place to stay. Have you ever experienced anything like that? On is that just old times?
2: I, I think that's a little bit more old times. There's a lot more... Um, they kind of... The production team helps everybody figure out where they're going to stay. And because we're we are a union in Nashville. You have to be provided housing, especially Uh if you're working over a certain amount of hours. So if we're shooting somewhere that's far away from our personal homes, they have to provide us a hotel room or somewhere where we can stay and safely sleep. If we've worked, you know, more than 14 hours, which happens. And, uh, especially the actors, the actors always, they, they get the best of the best and get to stay in the best hotels. And, um, it's, Definitely more taken care of, but I think some of that's just due to the evolution of the industry and of media in general. I mean anybody can get online and book a hotel room now where right. that wasn't necessarily the case.
1: Yeah and, and and that's so true Now you mentioned union um, I, I the only union I know in in California is like the Screen Actors Guild. I don't know if that's even a union, maybe it's just a guild, but are you part of that yeah. union?
2: I am part it? of uh, an, an IOTC union, which is the International Alliance of Theater and Stage. I'm, I might not have gotten that all correct, but the local chapter here is 492, and that encompasses all of Tennessee, some of Kentucky, and a little bit of Georgia. And uh, all the film workers in our area are in that union, and when shows come to town, they negotiate the contracts with the union. And there are different tiers based on how high the budget is for the project. And that kind of gives uh, the area standards for what the pay scale will be and what the working conditions will be on the show. Um, Due to the fact that we we work really long hours and you can be stuck in places, the union comes in to make sure that everything is safe and regulated and that everyone is taken care of. And then it also gives us a chance to have benefits you know, a health insurance and a retirement fund that I wouldn't necessarily have if I was just a freelance worker. So it has a lot of benefits for people in our industry here.
1: Is there um, are, um, anything coming up in Knoxville that you're going to be back in town doing any production work?
2: Um, I did hear that they were going to be shooting Dolly's Country Christmas, oh. and uh, I was really hoping to try to get on that show, but... Dolly has a whole crew of people that do her productions, so I think that they're going to be shooting that in Dollywood here soon. And uh, right. that's the only thing I know of in East Tennessee right now. And we are still up in the air a little bit for what's next for us in Nashville. I'm currently working on a TV show for CBS All Access, okay. which is called Tell Me a Story, which is in its second season. Yeah. So that has been keeping me very busy since Patsy and Loretta ended
1: and when we get on the other side of the break we have one last segment with Tyler Sheldon and we want to talk about that plus I want to talk about a movie that you did recently um, for Hallmark it was a Christmas movie so we want to talk about that um, next time we got Tyler Sheldon and she's a set designer on the latest Lifetime movie Patsy and Loretta coming up on Saturday the 19th Uh,
0: we'll be back right after these messages crazy crazy for me Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what's really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: And we are back into the Housing Hour, our last segment. Check us out at thehousinghour.com. Share this show with families and friends and show off Tyler Sheldon and her work. Uh, As a set designer, she's hit the movie industry. She's a local person that we love to death, and her mom and her family and uh, Tyler you're coming in town cuz we're going to watch this movie together aren't we? We're
2: a big premiere party this weekend.
1: Yes, so we you Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, that's going to be blast. So a, a lot of friends are going to be meeting at your mom's house and and we're going to watch that show together and we're going to take pictures but we're also going to kind of dress up in period piece and uh and try to recreate some of your set designs, maybe. <laughs> I don't know.
2: Uh, have a little fun and a uh, little family fun. It'll be a good time.
1: Let's talk about uh, the Hallmark. So, now, Hallmark movies are, you know, they start, the Christmas movies start in July and they run through uh, probably January. Uh, there's a lot of jokes about Hallmark movies and stuff. But you actually worked on a ha- Hallmark Christmas movie, didn't you?
2: I did. uh, This past summer, uh, I guess it was last summer, technically, I went down to Memphis and worked on Christmas at Graceland. Oh. So that was a a really interesting experience, and we got to actually go shoot in Elvis Presley's home, which there had never been another show shot there.
1: Wow, so you were the first show to ever been, been filmed in Graceland?
2: Yeah, that was the first movie that they had allowed into uh, into Graceland to shoot. There, there had been photo shoots, but they, you know, the house is a museum, so right. it was a really big deal. And uh, the company that runs Graceland, I think, was a contributing partner in helping create the movie. And the movie was such a success that they actually did two spinoffs this year. They did Wedding at Graceland, and I believe Christmas at Graceland Two comes out later this year.
1: Are you working on either one of those?
2: No, I wasn't available to work on them as I was working on Patsy and Loretta and oh, wow. then, uh, now tell me a story. So I was already occupied.
1: Okay, well, but but you got to tell everybody that's listening because um, your mom was kind of st- t- told us last year that you were working on the Hallmark movie in the summertime in Memphis, which you can't find any <laughs> hotter place in the world. So were you nope. <laughs> were you trying to create a snow scene? I mean, with real snow?
2: Well... Luckily, my part only, I didn't have to deal with the snow. We had a special effects team that came up from New Orleans, and their whole job, and they had a large crew of 10 to 12 people almost every single day, was to go outside and make it look like Christmas. It was a really interesting process to watch. They would come out, and they would cover the grass in Tyvek, like housing wrap, and then they would spread out batting that you use, like, on the inside of a quilt, and then they had a biodegradable paper snow that they literally, they would wet the trees down and then use a giant blower and spray all the uh-huh. trees with this paper snow. So we they had to do a whole block down a street in Memphis, but it was... Really interesting to watch them work. And then for us, we were trying to find Christmas decorations in the middle of July. If it hadn't been for Hobby Lobby, we would have been in big trouble.
1: And did you raid? I, I, I kind of heard rumors that you were raiding family, friends, and everybody's uh, Christmas decorations in their garage. Was that true?
2: We did. I, I drove to Knoxville and raided a close uh, a family uh, friend. Uh, she custom-made... Santa Clauses and wreaths and I went through all of her stuff and then people that worked with me on our crew they went through their parents and their friends' attics and got oh, that's down hilarious. Stuff. and stuff. Uh, because we had quite a lot that we had to decorate fully functioning for Christmas and then we found a wonderful vendor in Memphis uh, named John Mark and he decorates people's homes for Christmas in Memphis every single year. So he had a ton of Product that he allowed us to use, so it was it was fun to source it out. And it was a challenge, but I think it came off pretty well.
1: Oh, that's that's awesome! I can't wait to see that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pull that up. I don't watch many Hallmark movies. Uh, Richard says that
3: he is <laughs> is a big fan of the Hallmark movies. I told him I wasn't gonna say anything. Well, I'm I I can watch movies. I watch a lot of old westerns as mm-hmm. well. I'm sure you can imagine that. But I love movies and I love watching for recurring actors um john wayne was big on that a lot of recurring actors that were in a lot of his movies and others and you see old actors before they were famous uh you see them in some of the bit parts that they did that really weren't great parts but that's how they started before they got whatever was their signature role
1: tyler do you watch old movies
2: um, I used to, but I don't really have time anymore. I have two young children that keep me very oh, busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, I can't w- wait to meet them too. Uh, that's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> but uh, so, uh, t- tell me, we got about five minutes left in in the show here. I want you to speak to listeners that are out there that may be thinking they're they're young folks like you started out college. They have this vision that they want to get, you know, going into the world. I I hear a lot of kids say, "Well, we need to go to New York and need to go to New York to get a career in movies or California." What would you say to them? How how would you tell somebody that was across from you? How do you get started in this? And I, I know there's breaks, but how do you make your own break?
2: Um. I first would actually tell people to start working locally. I'd find there's always news stations that are looking for people to hire. There are people making commercials for businesses that are local. There are ways to learn about being in the film industry without going and working on the biggest movie you've ever worked on in your life. You know, there's a lot of groundwork that's to be said for for working on smaller projects, and then you can take that Education that you get, and then you can go to a bigger city if you if that's where you want to be. But I I wouldn't advise anyone to go to L.A. if they want to be in the movie industry. You don't have to go to L.A. You can come to Nashville. You can go to Atlanta. There's a lot of work in Atlanta. You can go to um, New York if that's your dream. They believe it or not, do a lot of movies in Kentucky. Yeah, I, so there,
1: I've heard that. There are
2: other places where you can get your foot in the door, and I found that working in a smaller environment, I was able to learn more faster, whereas if I had been in L.A., I would have been stuck being a production assistant for 10 years, and I never would have moved up the ladder in in a reasonable amount of time, where here, I was driven, and I spent all of my time working. I didn't turn any jobs down, and just that's the only thing i can really tell people is to be driven, look for opportunities in your area and and make sure it is a career you are interested in because it's definitely a career that you have to give all of your time to. It's not something that you can can just step in and do for a little bit. If that's what you want to do it, you're you're going to work long days. It's going to be hard work. You're going to be moving, but it's exciting. And if you can enjoy doing that on a small scale, then the opportunities will come as you meet other contacts. And, and I think that that applies to a lot of careers. I think you start and you start networking and showing people what your drive is, and then opportunities start arising from that. And I've known several people that they started working on the smallest local low-budget commercials and now work on huge movies and get flown all over the world. That's so amazing. It's it's a lot about personality and hard work.
1: And uh, so we've got two minutes left in this segment. And um, what's what what are you working on next? You have a um, next project. I'm
2: currently working on. Uh, well, just on CBS's Tell Me a Story, which is on their uh, premium network that's like a streaming service, CBS All Access. Oh, right. And this, uh, it's a TV series, and it's, uh, talks, it's by, created by Kevin Williamson, who did Dawson's Creek and Vampire's Diaries. And the whole show takes fairy tales and uses them as symbolism to sell, to tell stories that are modern thrillers, psychological thrillers. So it's a little bit scary, a little bit right. edgy, and uh, it's been a lot of fun to work on.
1: Are you going to be continuing that? Or are you doing once one episode, or are you going to be doing multiple?
2: No, I've done the whole series.
1: Oh, okay, so we great. are
2: currently shooting episode 7 of 10. Oh, that's and awesome. so I'll be working on this through December and probably into the new year a little bit. And then I'll see what's next after that.
1: And what's, uh, tell me, what's your fondest memory of the, because uh, this Patsy and Loretta movie, I think this is going to win a lot of awards. What's your fondest memory working on this project?
2: Actually, my favorite moment, I think, working on the whole show, we were scouting a location where there's an altercation between Loretta and her husband, Dew, where he, he's constantly kind of womanizing throughout the movie. And we're sitting at this bar, and they're talking about the dialogue. And Loretta comes up to threaten this woman to stay away from her husband. And she says, I'm going to take you to Fifth City. And uh, if you're a fan of Loretta's music at all, you know, Fifth City is one of her songs. And uh, the director and... I think it was the DP and someone else were sitting there and they're running through the dialogue and they literally all look at each other and like, this City, this is a weird line. We have to change this line. Why is this even here? And me and the production designer just started cracking up. We were like, do you have oh, to listen to Loretta Lynn at all? Yeah. And we we turned the song on and played it for them, and they cr- immediately cracked up. And Tyler, kind of at their own ignorance.
1: Oh, that was that's <laughs> wonderful, Tyler. Thank you so much for joining us. This was a blast to having you, Tyler Sheldon, set designer for the music ind- uh, movie industry. Thank you so much, Tyler. We'll see thank everybody. You
2: Mark, and I've had a joy talking
1: to you. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to everyone next time on the
0: Housing Hour.